Feel like you've got a lot on your plate, or maybe you've got so much going on it couldn't possibly fit on just one plate. You've got a lot of plates, fully loaded, spinning at full speed. Well, you're not alone, and you've come to the right place. I'm Liz Cerati. Welcome to Seven Plates Spinning, a podcast serving up ideas and inspiration for keeping all those plates in the air. On today's episode, I'm joined by a truly inspiring woman. Justine Fidak is today a self-declared corporate hippie. In fact, she's working on a new book that will be titled Confessions of a Corporate Hippie. She spent more than two decades in marketing senior leadership roles before she decided to, as she puts it, consciously uncouple from corporate life. And now she focuses on sharing her personal story and lessons learned from her journey, a journey that has included challenges and loss, but one on which Justine has managed to build a successful career and lead a happy, purpose-driven life. Justine, thank you for joining me on Seven Plate Spinning. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm very excited to have this conversation. I've so enjoyed the ones you've had with others. Thank you. And I'm so excited to be talking to you. One of the things that I um, know you speak about frequently is making life's challenges feel more like opportunities. And I know you faced your fair share of challenges, so you have walked the talk when you give that advice. What has that looked like for you in your life, viewing challenges as opportunities? Well, I think it comes down to, we all have moments and those moments can be really traumatic or, you know, big trauma, small trauma, but there are things that stop us a little in our tracks that take our breath away in not our favorite way, but that cause us to have to pause and you sort of feel your heart sink a little, right? And I I say that because your body experiences it almost first and then your mind starts to process, I don't like this feeling. And I think for me, um, I've had my fair share, as many of us have, but I've had like quite a bit, a little bit Hallmark movie-ish at times for people where they're like, whoa, what? But enough of it that It either was going to invigorate me to say, I'm more resilient than I believe I am. And so for me, that um, repackaging of challenge is about accepting that emotional punch in that moment, feeling it deeply, and then coming out of it just as, as quickly as processing it. So not staying in the challenge and letting it consume me, but experiencing the challenge, registering that, that hurt. That giving yourself permission to feel it. Yeah. 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 And I think that's hard, especially uh, for many women. We want to be strong all the time. Mm -hmm. We want to, um, you know, have some kind of scorecard in our heads about success. And I had that very, very strongly in my early part of my career. And, you know, both personally and professionally, I held myself to, standards that are unreasonable. And I say unreasonable because you cannot be devoid of emotion. You have to allow yourself to experience the emotion, but you don't want the emotion to become bigger than you and who you are. And you feel, I I know I have felt like too much emotion is, is weakness. 
right? Like I can't be governed by my emotions. And so you have to kind of combat that mentality of, of, you know, that any emotion is, is going to weaken me or like, you know, break down the armor. And you, you know what, ironically, it's so funny. I love the way you said that because ironically, the more you go into your emotion, whether that's fear or, you know, insecurity about something, whatever that emotion is, or joy, happiness, the, the more you can go into that emotion and own it, the stronger and the more mm. the armor, you know, strengthens. And I mean, if you imagine like cartoon characters where they, you know, transform into something and suddenly, you know, they have this, this, you know, reptile skin yeah, or yeah. this other body. Yeah. To me, I almost have a, you know, I have a, a parallel fantasy uh, character that's accompanying me at all times that is saying, no, you're okay. You know, pull out your, your lightsaber. You know, <laughs> it's like your put alter your, ego. Put your, yeah, put yeah, your glow on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that we all have to recognize that we all have a superpower that allows us to go very, very deep and accept whatever that deep experience is that you're having and then come out of it. And that for me has been uh, how I confront challenge, whether that's a, you know, message that I, it's delivered to me. Let's say, let's say you get an email and it's something that you weren't expecting or something you were expecting, but didn't want to hear. You have to accept in that moment. And I say, it's like your breath has been taken away. But the interesting thing is I'm a big meditator. You're still breathing. So I'm very much about breathe in very deeply, hold, breathe out. Whether let it that's, all go. Let yeah. it all go. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think the breathing in is the part that we often forget. Breathe in your personal power. Breathe in your strength. Breathe in your ability. Breathe in your hopes. Breathe in your dreams. And that sounds very, oh, come on, like you are some sort of corporate executive. We talk about hopes and dreams. That's who we all are. Yeah. And right, mm-hmm. and that's why I say I'm a corporate hippie because if you can integrate that into your work life, into your whole life, then it's much easier to be you. Yeah. So one of the challenges, and this is one that you talk about when you are public speaking frequently, that you have faced was your diagnosis. Is it 20 years ago? 21 years ago mm-hmm. now with multiple yeah, 20 years ago. So that's life altering, and it's mm-hmm. not going away. It's chronic disease that you're battling. So when you talk about, well, I got an email, like the example you just gave and, you know, it really took it out of me. Like that's one kind of challenge, but dealing with your MS diagnosis and figuring out how to live your life, it's like, how do you apply that to big things? I think that's when it gets harder. It's easier to to think like, oh yeah, I got an email that made me unhappy. I can brush that off. How do you, how do you do it with the like big challenges in your life? Well, it's interesting how you frame that, I think, because all challenges are really as difficult or easy as we choose to allow our mind to process. Mm -hmm. Some take longer, but the process is actually, in my view, the same. So I also um, lost my first love to a car crash and it was devastating at 21. Mm -hmm. I could not, you know, I, I, I continued to function, but I was not really truly functioning and experiencing things and making choices. I was just existing. Yeah. Yet probably to many people, it looked like I was thriving because I was able to 
maintain a job, get promotions, be successful at it. But was I really allowing all the things about my life to process? And some things take a lot of time. Some things take less time. The bigger things, I think you have to approach almost in the same way as we've talked about, which is the first thing is acceptance. Acceptance of where you are, what has happened, and how it's making you feel. Yeah. And usually we take that on, and I'm no therapist, but I'm saying we usually take that on as, what did I do? Why is this happening to me? Yeah, women especially, right? Like, mm-hmm. what did I do? It was my fault. What did I do? Right. And, and whether that's like a divorce or a loss, I think it's to recognize that you need to express the things that are hurting you, the things that are challenging to you, the things that are painful to you, the things that are bringing you joy, the things that are bringing you pleasure the things that are motivating you or demotivating you, you have to find a way, whether that's journaling, meditating, talking to a therapist, whatever those things are, they need to be expelled so they don't become permanent filters. Just building up, building up. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, Snapchat filters, you can alter things, right? Mm -hmm. You put your face in there. Mm -hmm. You can do all these things. You can alter yourself. But when you don't use the filter, you're just back to whoever it is you are. So we have this wonderful, magical ability to transform ourselves all the time, right? And social media and Snapchat is a good way of if you're sort of like, that sounds kind of weird, right? But then you become convinced that that filter is reality and it's not. (laughs) You have to come back to the real you. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And so I think that's, you, you just hit the nail on the head. Who am I? What is the real me? That's actually the beginning of facing challenges is saying, what about this is challenging me? Who am I in this? What really matters to me? But the things that happen around me, like we talked about, the very difficult things when a life is lost. Yeah, you can't control some things. Yeah, as much as you like to plan and control. So I watched a video of a speech you gave where you talked about your MS diagnosis and coming to terms with it. And you said you felt at the time like you were broken, Mm -hmm. but that you reached a point where you said you feel beautiful, broken. And this struck me because, I mean, there's lots of ways that someone can feel broken. It doesn't have to be physically. It doesn't have to be caused by chronic illness. But I like the idea that rather than trying to fix ourselves, we should just focus on appreciating ourselves and feeling confident in ourselves the way we are. I think that's really hard to do. For a lot it's of really people. hard to do. I think it's I think it's a permanent life commitment to believe that you are beautiful, broken. And I often refer to myself as broken pieces put together. Mm. We all have these broken pieces that are just very gently, or in some cases more strongly, put together with a glue, but they're still fracture lines. And accepting that that's okay because that's who I am. Yeah. Who we are. Yeah. And that took a lot. I mean, it took a lot for me after that diagnosis uh, with the the, the challenges of physical challenges, mental challenges, but to accept that I was beautiful, vulnerable, broken, and not quote unquote perfect. Yeah. You told me that you recently had a breakthrough in mobility and, and, that you're running again without a cane and you attribute this to meditation. I am extremely open to 
maybe it's a whole bunch of things that contributed to this. Yeah, yeah. But me personally, and and my doctors agree that that this is probably a factor, um, because it's known scientifically that meditation reduces inflammation. Right, right. So for me personally, exploring uh, and deeply committing to meditating, which means every day when I wake up, I meditate first thing in the morning, and it's often dark, and then I when I come out of meditation, it's light. That's and a nice way to start the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. And yeah. and to be honest with you, people have said like, oh, is it quieting your mind? Is it this? Is it that? For me, it's connecting to that other self. So I often say to people, you know how there's you and then there's the you that's observing you mm-hmm. do what you do? Yeah. It's my chance for the me that's observing me to take center stage. Mm. It's the chance for me that's observing me to have time uninterrupted by the mind me, which is always chattering away about all kinds of things and, you know, trying to help me operate. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like our daily self has a lot of administrative tasks, right? Mm, yes. We have a lot of things to do. Like, so the <laughs> mind is always uh, analyzing, structuring, restructuring, risk mitigation. But that other you that's sort of there kind of for the ride that's the you that we underinvest in. So I would say to you that when I started meditating, I was investing in that me that needed time, that me that needed space, that me that needed energy, that me that needed to better connect with the one that was solving all the problems of the world and, you know, running at, 500 miles an hour. That's such an interesting way of looking at it. And and how and did men- you get started? Because So I learned to meditate as a kid, um, mm-hmm. funny yeah. enough, from mm-hmm. some um, very alternative people that my mother had been friends with. My mother <laughs> okay. was a very unique person. <laughs> so I did learn to meditate as a kid. Yeah. But I think for those that are starting out, I mean, meditation in the beginning, and there are a lot of wonderful apps and music and guided programs and yeah. wonderful people that, can help you on the journey. But for people that have a really hard time with it, really just even going outside, sitting in nature and listening to the sounds of everything around you, just quietly, without your phone, you know, without any sort of headphones, just be present where you are. Listen to the wind, listen to the leaves, listen to car horns, fire engines, Mm -hmm. whatever, Mm -hmm. wherever you are, but just listen be still. to it. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't just do that very often these days. Mm-mm. You know, it's like we're always on, always connected to like yeah. at least one device. Yeah. And that's good advice. So um, another idea of yours that I've uh, talked to you about and that I love is the 24-hour clock. So mm-hmm. I want to make sure we talk about that. What is the 24-hour clock? So this is my... For me, I would say, if somebody said to me, what is the one thing that changed your life and helped you reduce stress and anxiety? It was accepting and living by a 24-hour clock. So in my younger years, I was very focused on the plan. This is my plan, and this is what's going to happen, and this is how it's going to happen. And I was very much about controlling the outcome. So everything was focused on controlling the outcome, even if I didn't realize that was happening. Yeah, yeah. And then when... My boyfriend died and we had all these plans because we had just 
you know, basically gotten engaged, talked about getting married, had all these plans of what we were going to do and how we were going to live down to how many kids we'd have and everything, right? Like yeah. the, the plan. Yeah. yeah. And boom, it was gone. I think that shook me to the core and I became uh, a little more aware that a plan is a wonderful idea. Planning is a good way of organizing things and having an idea of a direction. But I came to realize that anything past 24 hours, it was quite unrealistic to hold to it. Now, this was meant for me to not be as worried. And with MS, you don't know what your symptoms are going to be. And they present themselves very randomly, very ridiculously, very uh, quickly. You have no warning. Mm -hmm. So I would make plans with friends and say, oh, okay, let's go to, to dinner tomorrow. But then maybe I would wake up the next day and really not feel well and have extreme fatigue and then I'd have to cancel. Yeah. So the 24 hour rule for me or 24 hour clock became, I know I'm talking to you right now and we're participating in this amazing conversation. After this, I am supposed to do Pilates actually, which I love. <laughs> I'm supposed to do Pilates. <laughs> then I have a couple of meetings and then I you know, have uh, an appointment. That's notionally after this, what's supposed to happen. But anything can and will happen between you and I having this moment and all those things that are listed. So the 24-hour clock is have a very strong idea of what is planned for this 24 hours. And I use a military clock, so it actually is 24 hours. Okay, yeah. And if if things don't go right in that day, the next day you start again. It resets. Yeah. It resets. So every 24 hours, you have the opportunity to be a different you. And I often say, I have loved all the Justines that there have been. And they, they're <laughs> constantly changing. So One Justine is better than the last. <laughs> right. The Justine of yesterday is different than the Justine today because yeah. of the experiences I had yeah. that affected me. Well, when you accept that a 24-hour clock enables you to be anything and everything you want in that 24 hours. And I live every 24 hours as if I will not have the next 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I really believe that through life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Today gave me 24 hours to live that I will never have again on this today. Yeah. So thankful for better use it. Thankful for every day. And this is kind of like back to what you were saying about just like, taking a moment of peace, it's like being in the moment, right? I think living the way you're talking about forces you to be in the moment and not mm-hmm. distracted by what has to happen tomorrow or next week, but it's like, I'm in this moment and being fully present, which I know I am consciously battling myself sometimes trying to make sure I'm doing that. Like when I'm spending time with my kids or like put the phone down, be present, you know, focus on where I am at this moment. It's so hard to do that, it right? Is. Because again, that administrative you is trying to accomplish so many things. So your kids are saying something and trying to show you something. And you're thinking, if I don't start making dinner, no one's eating here for many <laughs> right. hours, right? <laughs> so it, it is a balance. It yeah. is a balance. Yeah. But sometimes it is, hey, I have today. And if if suddenly something is removed from my life unexpectedly, will I regret how I live today? I love that so much. Thank you, Justine, for taking the time 
to speak with me today. And to everyone listening to today's episode, you can learn more about Justine on her website, justinefedak.com. Fedak is spelled F-E-D-A-K. And you can get updates there also on her new book, Confessions of a Corporate Hippie, that's publishing soon, where she shares more personal stories and talks about how to incorporate her corporate hippie philosophy into your own life. So be sure to check that out. That's all for today's episode. I hope you'll join me again next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please visit sevenplatespinning.com and subscribe to continue listening. And consider leaving a rating or a review on whatever platform you access the podcast. I so appreciate your support. Thanks for listening.